0: Ramha, Guru Vishnu. everyone. We are in this challenging time with the coronavirus pandemic happening all over the world. I thought I would make a quick video and share my Ayurveda lifestyle so that we all can protect our immune and respiratory health during this challenging times. It's the first time where how I take care of my health directly impacts everyone else around me. So I think it's uh, our dharma, it's our righteous duty to take care of our health during these challenging times and make sure we eat healthy, we think healthy, we live healthy so that we don't get this virus and then spread it to everyone else around us, especially the elderly and people with health challenges. So I thought I would make this video and share my own personal Ayurveda lifestyle with you all and I hope it is helpful. The fear virus spreads faster than the coronavirus. So we have to be very careful not to allow the virus of fear to inflict us But be positive-minded and take all preventative measures to keep ourselves healthy in body and mind during this time. Before I begin my presentation, I wanted to give you all a quick introduction. My name is Akshata Sheelvant. I also go by the name Aki for people who have a hard time pronouncing my name. I did this presentation previously to all the clients, Uh, wanted to send them something that they can follow and practically apply Ayurveda during this time. And when I was doing that presentation, I thought I should also do this presentation to everyone else. I'm just going to share it to everybody who wants it because I know Ayurveda works And um, I have been living this Ayurveda lifestyle for a really long time. I always like to begin it with a prayer. This is one of the popular Shanti mantra called Peace Mantra. And all my presentations, all my webinars, even my consultations start with this prayer. So let's just take a moment so that we can absorb the wisdom of Ayurveda by being calm and centered. Om Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. I think this prayer applies so much for these challenging times. The English translation of this prayer is, May there be well-being in all. May there be peace in all. May there be fulfillment in all. May there be auspiciousness in all. And I also say, May there be health In all, all around the world, yogic philosophy and Vedanta tell us we can't ask for health, prosperity, or any prayer or any wish without including everyone else in that prayer. So I think this prayer um, really applies very well here. We wish good health, positive mind, courage to everyone in this time. So before I begin, I wanted to share, this is my blessed guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. is very popular in the yogic family. He's the author of the spiritual classic, Autobiography of a Yogi. So there is no meaning to my life without my guru. I just wanted to share and as a, all my presentations and webinars after the prayer start with my guru's blessing. said before I just wanted to share this quick video with all of you Uh, but I would like to put a disclaimer here this is not a medical advice all the Ayurveda guidelines here are not I'm not promising they're going to treat heal or cure any disease or disorder Um, this is just sharing my own personal Ayurveda lifestyle what precautions what diet I am following to keep myself healthy and keep my immune and respiratory strong during this time. So we will be covering these topics. I'll go over the daily routine. It is called as Dinacharya in Ayurveda. It is very important that we follow a disciplinary daily lifestyle which really helps us to keep our immune strong and I would recommend some Ayurveda herbs that I'm personally taking so that I don't build mucus, I don't um, have a strong digestive fire because in Ayurveda you have strong immune system only when you have optimum digestive fire called Agni. And we'll go through the diet guidelines, what kind of vegetables, greens, Uh, legumes, beans, I am eating and we'll go through pranayama techniques, there are some powerful pranayama techniques to keep us healthy, uh, keep our lungs healthy and then end it with a few yoga asanas that are specific to keeping us healthy during this time. So as I mentioned, dhinacharya is a Sanskrit word meaning daily routine, daily routine is emphasized a lot in Ayurvedic lifestyle. So I would like to say abhyanga, you might have heard this word again. All these words come from Sanskrit language called self-massage. Self-massage is very, very important during this time. We are in the spring season, especially in America, in the Northern hemisphere, It's spring season and what that means is in Ayurveda it's predominantly a Kapha season. Uh, there's a lot of um, mucus build up in the body, there's flowers sprouting everywhere, there's pollen allergy um, but the, uh, the nature looks really pretty. During this time we have to make sure we balance our Kapha um, I don't want to go in detail about Ayurveda, and I'm just assuming people know the basics of Ayurveda, the vata, pitta, and kapha. So the diet and the lifestyle is mainly to balance kapha to keep us healthy during this virus pandemic, because it is the kapha that builds the mucus. It is the excess kapha that um, compromises our respiratory health, uh, our lungs, and our Most importantly, our digestive system. So self-massage is very important. Um, To keep the kapha in balance, I recommend organic sesame oil. It is energetically heating and I like to use some essential oils with it because sesame oil really doesn't smell great. It has a very nutty smell to it. So I like to use camphor essential oil or sometimes I use this, I don't know what brand it is, but breathe easy. So it has a tea tree oil, eucalyptus oil, um, and some other really calming oils. So that really helps to um, keep our lymphatic system working efficiently for us. So that is the main reason why we do self-massage during the spring season is to uh, make sure our lymph flows properly in the body. Another thing we can do to keep us healthy is called as dry brushing. Um, These are all pictures taken uh, on my kitchen countertop. I just did it like two days back because I really wanted to send this deck to all my clients. So these are all the photos I quickly clicked um, at my home. So they don't look very professional, but I just wanted this going out fast. So it will help people how to keep themselves healthy. So what I do for dry brushing is I use these um, silk gloves. These are 100% pure raw silk gloves. So when you do dry brushing you don't use oil. So you can either do the oil massage I showed you in the previous slide or you can do this dry brushing but you can't do them together. So you can do one day dry brushing, the next day you can do the oil massage. So dry brushing also improves the lymphatic flow and the best one is to use these gloves. If you don't have them, you can use loofah like the natural uh, sponge. Um, And then just vigorously, not too harsh, but it has to be a little vigorous, you massage all over the body in the direction of your heart. So you start from your feet and you go all the way up. So the whole routine should take about not more than five to eight minutes. And in the delicate areas of the body, you rub lightly, but the joints, the legs, the elbows, you kind of massage them a little more aggressively. So dry brushing also helps to keep us healthy and keep our limp flowing efficiently. Another Dhinacharya is, this is quite popular now in the US, is tongue cleaning and it's very, very important. Ideally, you should do this before you brush your teeth and check your tongue. Is there any white coating there? Is there a lot of mucus buildup? That tells you what dosha is in imbalance. It is the vata, it's the pitta or the kapha. So any coating, any color, any coating on the tongue says your digestive fire is compromised. So daily tongue cleansing helps to strengthen your digestive fire just by doing this one ritual because there are reflex points on our tongue and the taste bud receptors when you um, do the tongue cleaning exercise on your tongue, that rubbing of that blade on that tongue, the tongue cleanser blade activates those taste receptors and the points that directly govern our digestion system. So when we do this regularly, it is like reflexology. It strengthens the digestifier. It improves our taste buds. Um, and also, it's good for our oral hygiene. Another thing I would strongly recommend is the Daily Swish. This is from Banyan Botanicals. Um, it has all the natural uh, it's, I think the oil base is sesame and uh, I don't know what other oil, I'm sorry, but it has a lot of Ayurvedic herbs that help our oral hygiene. The reason I put it here is when you do daily swish, um, some people have a lot of mucus buildup in the mouth and that is not a good thing during this virus pandemic because we have to make sure we don't have any excess mucus in our body to keep us healthy and daily swish really helps to get rid of that excess mu- mu- mucus. Sorry, So do the tongue cleaning and then uh, do the swishing with this oil, ideally I do it till 20 minutes now but that comes with practice, you can start with two minutes, three minutes. Um, it really is helpful for your gum health but I'm saying this um, especially for mucus buildup in the mouth. Especially if you have um, periodontal disease or some um, gum disease, the film and the mucus increases, especially first thing in the morning. If that is the case, please do this and you will see reduction in mucus over three to four days. It's very powerful. And also most of my Ayurvedic products I'm showing here is from Banyan Botanicals, but uh, I would like to emphasize I'm not promoting their product or anything. This is the only product company that sells all the Ayurveda herbs as far as I know in the U.S., I am a wholesale customer, so I do get them at wholesale prices, but I'm really not promoting them. I'm not telling you to buy Banyan botan- botanical products. But these are the ones I use, and I had to take photos quickly. So you will see most of my Ayurveda herbs comes from this company. So the next one is Neti. And most of... Um, Most of my clients, I don't have to explain what is neti, um, nostril cleaning. It's been very popular. You basically get this neti pot in any health food stores today. But what I would like to emphasize is use rock salt and baking soda, a really good baking soda. I think this one I got from Amazon. I don't know what the brand is. It just says pure baking soda, but I really like it. It's very high quality and it keeps the pH balance. Uh, It really uh, helps to have the right pH balance when you put rock salt and baking salt uh, mixture for the neti. So I do three parts salt and one part baking soda in a lukewarm distilled water. And I clean my nostrils. So during this spring season and during this virus pandemic, I have been doing this, Neti, at least one cup to each nostril. So I use two cups of water and I make sure it is warm. Um, lukewarm to warm is the ideal temperature. This really helps to keep our nostrils clean and hydrated. All the medical doctors have been telling us to wash our hands thoroughly, 20 seconds, rub them with hot water and soap. I wish they also had... Um, told us to clean our nostrils too, because this is where we breathe, this is where the viruses enter. So I think it's equally important to clean our nostrils every time we go out and come home. Um, I do this um, neti cleansing for this time. And one important step most of the people forget to do is to apply nasaya oil. And this is a nostril uh, specific oil. Again, I get it from Banyan. You could also use coconut oil or sesame oil, but make sure it's organic and unrefined. So once you do the neti cleaning, make sure your nostrils are dry. It should not be wet. Once they are dried, You apply like few drops of this oil in each nostril and go all the way inside. So like digging your nose and applying that oil. So that keeps it healthy. So if you go out um, and if any allergies, pollen, anything hits you, viruses, they get stuck on this oil. And that is a prevention. So neti is really, really important to do during this time. And the same mixture I use, the rock salt and the baking salt, to even gargle my throat when I come back. It's not just for the virus care. Since we are in the spring season, there's a lot of pollen allergy. So you will see some irritation in your throat or you have some dry coughing when you come back, running your errands or coming back from work. So throat um, gargling and neti should be done in any uh, way, uh, especially during the spring season. Another daily routine is ear oil, so this is something new for many people, they know about the uh, neti and putting oil in the nostrils, but ear oil is also important according to Ayurveda because that's one of the vata regions, so when the weather gets dry and it is um, high allergy season, we do get some earaches and the ears get dry. So putting ear oil, I do it with ear buds, or you can do it with the dropper that comes with it. So keeping your ears hydrated and moisturized is also very important during this time. Another thing I've been doing is drinking water from copper jug. This is pure 100% copper. Uh, It is done with one sheet. It's a very good quality copper jug. It's called as Tamra Jal. Tamra is copper in Hindi and Sanskrit, and Jal is water. So this has been used for centuries in India. Ayurveda highly recommends to drink water from copper vessel stored overnight because this helps to kill viruses and bacteria. It's energetically heating to the body. Copper water is heating, so if you're pitta dominant personality, then please uh, take care to make sure the pitta doesn't get aggravated. But during this time, I have been drinking uh, copper water. It tastes, It's an acquired taste. You will have metallic taste that's copper, but it is very, very beneficial to drink this Um, It's good for blood pressure. It has many, many medicinal benefits. You can Google it. But here I have been taking to help to keep me healthy um, and not get any infection. So I would strongly recommend getting a copper jug. Another important thing in your daily routine should be prayer and meditation. So after all your cleansing rituals, uh, take some time to pray and have like a 20-minute meditation every day in the morning is very, very beneficial. Um, My guru, Paramahansa Yogananda says, um, in its pure and highest form, prayer is meditation. So that really helps to heal our body, mind and soul. And most importantly, keep us in a positive state of mind. Um, I avoid watching or listening to any kind of news. I just keep myself aware of what is happening but media can help us uh, <laughs> help us to go negative so prayer and meditation keeps up keeps us all in the right mindset so I would strongly encourage doing some form of meditation and this is one um, healing mantra I wanted to share with you all this is called as um, Bhutunjay mantra, Mahamitruunjay Mit- mantra. It is a healing mantra used by all the yogic uh, rishis and uh, saints in India, and it has lot of healing power. So this, you might have been very, f- you might be familiar with this mantra because it's pretty popular. Om Triambakam Yajamahi Sugandhim Pushti Vardhanam. So reciting this mantra 10 times, 20 times, 50 times, people go all the way till 1000, really creates a powerful healing vibration at home. And especially if you have any family member or friend who is sick, Um, share this mantra because it's very powerful to heal not only the body the physical body but it also heals our mind and I think only when we have a healthy mind we can have a health so in summary for the daily routine uh, here is the dinacharya clock there's a vata time pitta time and kapha time in Ayurveda so the morning 2 to 6 a.m. is called as vata it is very beneficial it's the spiritual time Ayurveda recommends us to get up early during this time, ideally between 4 and 6 a.m. and do your meditations, do your prayer, um, spiritual contemplation during this time and then have breakfast during the Kapha period of time which is from 6 to 10 a.m. is Kapha uh, time and that's when you get ready for work and you have your breakfast and get going uh, on the day. And then from 10 to 2 p.m. is called as pitta time. This is when you are most productive too. Uh, You do work on important projects. But Ayurveda also recommends you have your biggest meal, the lunch, during 12 to 1 o'clock because your digestive enzymes are strong during this time, especially between 12 and 1.30. So the biggest meal of the day should be during lunch. And then um, again the Vata Kapha Pitta and then again it starts Vata Kapha Pitta in the evening. So in the morning it was 2 to 4. Again the Vata time starts afternoon 2 to 4 p.m. You do your creative work. You attend meetings and whatnot. Um, you can go to the gym, workout, And then from 6 to 10 p.m. is the kapha time again and this is when we have our dinner and Ayurveda recommends since the dinner comes in the kapha period of the time we are suggested to have light meal and heavy meal should be during the pitta time and that is the lunch time and then from 10 to again 2 a.m. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is the pitta time this is when the real digestion happens when we are sleeping So we have to get out of the way when the digestion happens. So Ayurveda recommends that we go to bed by 10 p.m. so that we don't interfere in the digestion process. So uh, getting up early, um, being regular is very important to keep healthy. And I hope this helps. So we come to Ayurveda herbs now. Here is something important I need to let you know before I start recommending Ayurveda herbs. Akshita Shilvant is not an Ayurveda physician or a medical doctor. In this presentation, Akshita has shared her own personal experience on Ayurveda. The recommendations given in this presentation for Ayurveda herbs, diet guidelines, and lifestyle must be approved by your medical doctor before you incorporate them in your life. According to the US Food and Drug Administration, Ayurveda products and practices are not generally approved. Akshata's herb and diet recommendations are not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or disorder. Please consult your medical doctor and or Ayurveda physician before starting on Ayurveda herbs or diet guidelines offered by Akshita. Akshita or Jiva Lifestyle LLC accept no responsibility or liability for any damages caused to you because of this presentation material. The three herbs that I'm highly recommending and I'm personally using is Guduchi, Vasaka, and Kalmig. These have been used for like thousands of years in Ayurveda for building immune health. Guduchi is also called as Giloy. If you google them, you'll get tons and tons of benefits. The best way to have them is doing Kashaya what that means is, how I do is I take like half a teaspoon of Guduchi, half a teaspoon of wasaka, half a teaspoon of kalmeg, uh, and I mix it in like three cups of water, keep it on a stock pot and then boil it on a low medium flame and reduce it to one cup. So that thick concentrated liquid is called as Kashaya in Ayurveda and it's very potent but most importantly it is bioavailable to the body. So this is the best way to take any of the Ayurveda herbs. And then I mix that. I I dilute it with like filtered water and make one cup and then add honey to it and drink it warm. So this is the best way to have it. But sometimes you can just take each individual herbs, mix it with honey, or you can just mix it with warm water and have it. But see, the tastes are not very... Pleasing, So uh, honey kind of helps there and classical Ayurveda always says to take your herbs on your tongue because you need to taste it, it's only when you taste the herbs the saliva sends the signal to our digestive enzymes, the saliva sends signal to our digestion to release the right enzymes. And that's the right way to take the Ayurveda herbs It's easy to pop a pill But it doesn't have the same benefit So these are the three herbs that keep us healthy For our immune system For our lungs Especially Vasaka It is energetically cooling herb But it is excellent because it says it's bronchodilation. So it is very helpful. It gives an easy breathing, comfortable breathing. It removes excess kapha and pitta from the lungs. So it's really, really beneficial. Kalmeg also has the same properties as vasaka. It is very, very bitter. So the bitter the herb, the cooling is the energetics. But Kalmeg is really bitter. I mean... You can bear vasaka but kalmeg is really bitter so you have to mix it with different herbs and taking it with honey it is um, quite doable. So I would recommend these three herbs for sure but what I do is with Guduchi, vasaka and kalmeg I also include these two herbs called tulsi and trikatu and I think tulsi is quite popular and uh, it's also called as holy basil It's not the same basil we use in Italian cooking. This is a different kind of basil. And as basil is energetically heating, even Tulsi, the holy basil, is also energetically very heating to the body. So dominant people have to be um, careful. But it tastes very good. And again, it's very good to remove excess mucus. Excellent for lungs. Excellent for um, the whole respiratory system. And Trikatu Trikatu means three herbs. Uh, so it, it includes ginger, black pepper, and another pipali, meaning long pepper. So these two herbs really taste amazing. So I use these two in the first three herbs. So it makes it really um, drinkable. Uh, so I like it that way. So guduchi, vasaka, kalmeg, tulsi, and trikatu is the combination I have every day after breakfast and maybe also in the evening uh, around 5 5 30 but don't overdo on the dosage too in ayurveda when you take too less it is also harmful and when you take too much it's also harmful so we have to always use the mantra of balance and moderation that's what classical ayurveda talks about and if when you have a lot of cough, especially productive cough called mucus, this again, trikutu tulsi, plays wonders and it tastes good. So what you do is, uh, the easy way out is you take trikutu thulsi, put it in a warm cup of water like a one-fourth teaspoon trikutu, one-fourth teaspoon tulsi. You could add a little bit of turmeric and then honey. So you can do it this way. It works like a tea. Or you can use the classical method of boiling it, and that's how I like to do it. You again take like two to three cups of water, add half a teaspoon of two half a teaspoon of tulsi, reduce that water to one cup, and then uh, mix it with turmeric. And then when you are drinking it, you dilute it with filtered water, make it one cup. And then when you're drinking it, in your warm tea, mix honey. You never mix honey in Hot beverages because it turns to be a slow poison. So, honey should always be mixed in room temperature or warm liquids, never hot, and you can never cook honey. So, that is very good for productive cough. It really works and it tastes amazing. And for dry cough, especially, these two herbs I really like. This is called as Thali Sadi. Uh, and licorice. We all know licorice. It's a sweet herb, root actually, not an herb. Um, licorice is very good to keep the throat hydrated. It helps in any kind of cough. Um, so I mix it with talisadi powder. So talisadi has a lot of, again, the trikutu, but it also has one important ingredient. It has the raisin of bamboo, like a food grade bamboo. And that bamboo raisin powder really helps the cough, and then it has different other herbs. Again, these are also very amazingly tasting uh, herbs. You can make really good tea. The second small bottle is Sitopaladi. That Sitopaladi ingredients are the same with Thali Sadhi. The Thali Sadhi has Trikatu in addition, so you can use either Thali Sadhi or Sitopaladi and then mix it with licorice. I don't usually use honey in these because thali sadhi and sito paladi, if you check, their first ingredient is cane sugar. So that's the reason it tastes yum. Um, So when it already has some amount of sugar, I don't like to add honey to it. But if you want, you can. What it does, it, it also um, keeps the pitta in check because there are warming herbs in Thali Sadi and sitopaladi to make sure um, uh, it gets rid of cuff. So when there is a warming herb, the pitta gets aggravated. So to keep that cool, they've added cane sugar to it. But these two herbs also work amazing, especially for dry cough, and trikutu and uh, for productive cough. Now, making all the herbs like boiling and making kashaya is too much for you. I also thought I would recommend two Ayurveda herbs from Banyan Botanicals. They have immune strong and lung formula. I have been recommending this to all my clients, friends, and family because the ingredients in immune strong and lung formula are pretty much the same herbs that I showed you that I make the tea out of. And you can take them as tablets, like one tablet or two tablets a day. Um, So this is a convenient way too if making tea and kashayas is too much. When I shared this deck to my clients, one of the questions I immediately got is, why did you not include amalaki? Amalaki. And everyone knows amla is very high vitamin C. In fact, it is the highest vitamin C in the plant kingdom you'll find is in amalaki, which is nothing but gooseberry fruit powder. Yes, that is true. And the reason um, you can have amalaki because we need high vitamin C to keep us healthy during this time But the reason I didn't include it is because Amla, what it is, Amla meaning sour. Amla is a Sanskrit word. So too much sour at a point starts to increase kapha. So when it increases kapha, it's not going to be very good during this time uh, when we are trying to protect ourselves from this virus. So if you don't have a lot of mucus in your body, you don't have any kapha imbalance happening, you're very healthy and your kapha is fully balanced, then you could include a little bit of amla, but somehow I thought I should not include it here. You could take vitamin C as a vitamin pill, or you can have the emergency, but amla also increases kapha, and that's why I thought I would not include it. And shatavari is another amazing herb, most of you might know it already. It's especially good for women, for women reproductive health. Again, it is a cooling herb. It brings a lot of sattvic energy. I mean, we, we I think people know about three gunas, the tamasic, rajasic, and sattvic. Shatavari has a power to invoke sattva, the sattvic qualities in us. It's very highly sattvic in nature. But again, Shatavari also, since it increases ojas, it increases kapha as well. So I just felt that I should avoid them, but again, if you have Kapha in check, it is completely balanced. You can use these herbs maybe once a day. So I just wanted to point out, people have been asking, why is she not included Amla? A few other things, these are not necessarily Ayurvedic by nature, but this is what I have in my own Ayurveda lifestyle. Is warm humidifiers really help to keep us um away from coughing and from allergies during the spring season. So warm humidifier really works, not the cold one. And I have a humidifier where there's a place I can add essential oil. So my favorite are eucalyptus, or I get this good night essential oil mix which has lavender, it has um I think patchouli, I don't know exactly, tea tree oil for sure. Uh, So add calming, soothing, and woody kind of smell because this really helps us to have a good night's sleep. And uh, eucalyptus camphor are really good, but make sure you use them as 100% essential oils and no perfumes. Uh, So I uh, use warm humidifiers, so I just wanted to include it here. Chest rubs. Um, These are really, really beneficial when you feel you're catching up on a cold or you're having some irritation in your your coughing, you have dry irritation. Irritating cough is what I was trying to say. This really helps. I recently found this product. Uh, This is very natural, made with all essential oils. It's called Metis Vapor Rub and I also have a chest rub. Uh, Again, I buy this with full price. I'm not promoting any products here but I'm just honestly telling you what I use in my own lifestyle and this is something I just recently got and I found it on Amazon. This is better than using a Vicks Vapor Rub because I've heard some of the ingredients in Vicks Vapor Rub are banned in European countries, and uh, it's really carcinogenic. So use chest rub, and um, especially for your chest rub, use something that is 100% natural and with essential oils. And the smells are really nice, very soothing, and they do give a good night's sleep. The flu alternatives, I also have homeopathy um, at home just in case I need it if my Ayurveda herbs for some reason don't work. This is just a backup. Um, I don't know how to say this, but I'll try saying this. This is one of the most popular flu um, medicine, Ocelococinum, I think. I don't know how to say it, but it's really, really, really good. If you feel like you're going to catch a flu and you have to take it at your first symptom, that is also very important. If you feel you're coming down with something, immediately take this. It really works. Um, Also, oregano oil, I use it uh, if I have dry cough or some irritation in my throat. Uh, Clove oil is also good. These are all 100% essential oils that I mix it in warm water. Then, uh, recently I came... know about another herb called stinging natal herb and it really kind of stings and it also helps for good respiratory health and for um, dry irritating cough again you mix that in water i'm sorry the photo is not very clear here i've been just randomly clicking to make this presentation and then for cough syrup, I have been using this Umka brand. Again, this is a recent brand that I bought, but it's pretty good. So I thought I would also give you some other alternatives which are natural and not necessarily Ayurvedic that I have been using. And supplements. I do take supplements now. Um, before this virus care, I was taking... The bottle, my kind, women once daily, which is on the right side. So that is only one tablet a day. The reason I like that is because all the vitamins are just 100% uh, for the daily value. So it's only 100%. It doesn't have insane 500%, 1000% of each vitamin. So if you're eating pretty healthy and have a nutritious diet, I don't think we need to have a whole lot of supplements in our body. Um, After all, even though they are 100% natural and whole food based, it is still processed. Um, So I really don't rely on vitamins a whole lot. But since with this virus scare, I have been going on to the vitamin code vitamins, which is on the left side, the pink color one. I used to take this when I had hypothyroidism. These vitamins are really good and they have quite a bit of all the vitamins. They are way more than 100% um, but they do work and, and during this time I thought I should take this for added protection. And I also take the my kind calcium which has good amount of vitamin D3. So my Malta has about 1000 IU vitamin D3 and this calcium has about 1000. So I'm taking about 2000 IU's of vitamin D3 every day and I source it from these supplements. So taking supplements during this time also give us gives us an added protection. So just wanted to share what I take. And keeping ourselves hydrated during this time is crucial. And <laughs> I live in Arizona and our water is hard water. So even though we have reverse osmosis water, it doesn't really taste good. So you have to I flavor it with some lime or lemon. Uh, put something in my water because just drinking plain water is like a punishment. Um, So I also do teas, a lot of decaf, uh, calming teas or uh, invigorating teas for my digestive fire. Uh, These are my favorites. I like the three ginger from pakka herbs. Then I have some tulsi, ginger, turmeric. I have tulsi, cinnamon, rose. So I have some uh, stock of herbal teas I like to take to keep myself hydrated. So um, let's just summarize on the Ayurveda herbs. Be mindful what you're taking because they are very powerful and potent. Just don't take them like taking a supplement. Um, Be present, be alert. I always tell my clients to offer a prayer when you take the herbs. Those are really infused with spiritual energies. They are almost like food. So... Have reverence, have respect when you're taking Ayurveda herbs. Don't take them mindlessly. And the more attention you put on them, the more they can be helpful in healing and balancing us. And be grateful because these herbs um, have worked wonders. Uh, When I lost my parents 12 years back, it's been so long, uh, I was the I'm... I was the only child, so I lost my mother first, and then my father. Within two years of span, I lost both of them. So I went through a long grief period. But coming out um, of the grief, pe- sorry, coming out of the grief period, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. So I healed my hypothyroidism with Ayurveda herbs and yoga lifestyle and obviously Ayurveda food diet as well, but the herbs really helped me regulate my thyroid. So these are very powerful healing herbs, but we have to have reverence, respect, and be very attentive when we are taking them. So I always stress that to my clients, don't take them mindlessly because they are infused with spiritual energy and they deserve your respect. Now we come to diet guidelines. What foods, what vegetables, what grains I have been eating to keep myself healthy? So before I say what I eat and what I don't, I thought I should stress about digestive fire uh, very quickly here, because digestive fire is the root cause of any disease, health, and longevity in life. So anything. We aspire for. Any desire we have, any anything that is bestowed in our life is the result of our digestion, is what Ayurvedic texts tell us. So it is that powerful. Um, so the foundation of Ayurveda is keep your digestive fire optimized. So Agni is the Sanskrit word. So the It is the metabolic fire of our digestion. So the digestion starts with our eyes, is what Ayurveda says. The moment we look at the food and when you look at really yummy, um, your favorite dish, you start naturally salivating. Have you observed that? And that's the digestion process has already begun when we salive it. So Ayurveda always stresses to make your food um, pleasing. It should look attractive to your eyes so that when when the eyes look at the food, it should say, yes, I'm hungry, I need to eat this. You can't keep it boring, you can't keep it dull and dry. So the digestion starts with our eyes and... Digestion is very, very sensitive, the process. It will turn on or off the moment we seize the food. So making it very appealing is very important. And also the taste, they have to come together synergistically. Like when I was working in IT, I had a coworker who used to have like an apple and a nutrition bar. They both don't work. So when you're eating apple and then you eat nutrition bar, The saliva production is very, very minimal inside the mouth. So the rule is you have to eat foods where you secrete more saliva. It has to come together synergistically. So when you are chewing the food, your saliva should make it, um, I mean, it should excite your taste buds so that it secretes more saliva. And when the saliva secretion is enough in the mouth, it gives the signal to the digestion to secrete the right enzymes. And if the taste buds are not excited, we don't um, have the right digestive enzymes in the digestion when the food reaches the stomach. So that is really key is to make sure your food looks good. It also tastes good. It's very, very important. It should come together synergistically. Um, Ayurveda strongly emphasizes don't count calories, count prana in your food. So it strongly emphasizes on eating fresh food, freshly cooked food. The best food with high prana is if you eat that food within 30 minutes of your cooking, that has the optimum prana in the dish. So when you consume more prana, you will keep yourself naturally healthy because the tejas, the ojas, And the prana is residing inside you and that keeps you healthy, builds the strong immune system. So the secret for optimum digestion is eat high prana foods, freshly cooked and seasonal. And I always emphasize, eat organic. Um, That makes a huge difference. And instead of counting carbs, proteins, fats, Count high prana is what Ayurveda says. How much fresh you eat uh, makes you alive and healthy inside and out. So quickly, I wanted to show you what is the science of eating. I mean, I go way deep into this subject. I also do Ayurveda um, certification courses. And in that, we talk about digestion. We talk about how... All this works but here very high level I wanted to tell you about six rasas. So there are six tastes in Ayurveda. Sweet, sour, salty, pungent, bitter, astringent. So when when any food you put in the mouth the taste buds recognize is it sweet, is it sour, is it bitter, pungent, what taste are you eating? And then there is energetics of food. So every food has energetics, according to Ayurveda. Either that food is heating, it is cooling, or it's neutral. Like, for example, let's take tomatoes. Tomatoes are energetically heating. So if you study Ayurveda, you know, like, if your pitta dominant, you will limit or avoid tomatoes during the hot summer season, especially the Arizona summer. So every food you take has energetics associated with it. So in summer, Ayurveda says, eat energetically cooling food. That does not mean temperature-wise cooling. It means like, let's say, a yams, cruciferous veggies like cauliflower, cabbage, they are energetically cooling. So that helps pitta during the summer season. But if you eat spinach or mustard greens, they are energetically heating and that creates more heat in the body. And Vipaka is the post-digestive effect. So every food we taste, every food we eat has an energetics, but after we digest it, there is a post-digestive effect, which is very important. And if the post-digestive effect, Vipaka is sweet, then it keeps you cool. Um, if it is sour and pungent, then it has increased the heat in your body. So during this time, to keep ourselves healthy, keep our respiratory healthy, keep our um, immune system strong, and for this kafa season, it's best to eat foods that have sour and pungent post-digestive effect because it's energetically heating for the body, we need to keep the temperature a little high so that the digestive fire is strong and optimum to attack any virus or any foreign body attacking our body. So energetically heating foods is good to eat during this time, not very heating, but heating foods. And taste-wise, we should prefer more of the pungent, bitter, and astringent foods to keep the kapha in balance. So here is the six taste chart. Sweet, sour, salty, pungent, astringent, bitter are the six tastes that Ayurveda promote to tell us to eat balanced and nutritious meal. So before the food pyramid or the recommended daily allowance came into being, Ayurveda, for more than 5,000 years ago, has emphasized to include all these six tastes in every meal so that you get a nutritiously balanced food in your diet. So what these six tastes do is, sweet, sour, salty balances vata. Pungent, astringent, bitter balances the kapha. That's why I said in the spring season we should eat more of pungent, astringent, bitter, and um, pitta should say sweeter, bitter, sweet, bitter, and astringent balances pitta dosha. So we should include all six tastes in a meal, but depending on the season and depending on our dosha constitution, we should increase three of the. Tastes and reduce three of the taste. So when I say in this kafa season, in the spring season, eat more of pungent, astringent, bitter, you should also include a little bit of sweet, sour, salty in your meals, but dominant uh, portion should be coming from the tastes of pungent, astringent and bitter foods. So these six tastes, the sweet is the taste that helps in ingestion. So when we Put the food in our mouth, and we are chewing it. No matter what kind of food you're eating, it ultimately makes it sweet with the saliva secretion and all. And when it hits our stomach, the taste that is predominant is sour and salty. And when the assimilation process starts, the taste becomes pungent and bitter. And the last, when it when the uh, food is digested, and then it goes. Uh, the undigested food goes through the colon for excretion, the taste becomes astringent. So this is how the six states are important, especially when people have a lot of constipation, dry stools, IBS. I always recommend eating more of astringent food because astringent foods helps to eliminate stuff from the body that is not needed. And if people have malnutrition issues, you should include more of the pungent, bitter foods because that helps to um, absorb all the nutrients in the body. So I hope this helps. And the six states, you know, this is again, these all our slides are coming from my um, Ayurveda certification courses. But briefly, what does these, these do? Sweet builds tissues, they calm the nerves, especially when we are nervous and we are, have a lot of anxiousness. The mind is restless, especially vata mind gets restless. I always recommend eat some dates. It will calm you, it will calm the nervous system. So hearing news, getting nervous, include a little bit of sweet, even though it is a spring season, that helps to calm the nervous system. Bitter. We will be eating a lot of bitter during the season and bitter is energetically cooling by nature, but it is helpful to detox our liver, our kidneys and uh, very beneficial for our immune system. So this is what the sixth taste does. Mm. One important thing I need to let everyone know for this time is please don't do any kind of spring detox. Because spring detox compromises our digestive agony. When we do some kind of detox, I have seen people doing a juice diet, doing all sorts of really aggressive detox during the spring. It is good if it was a normal condition. But right now we are all Focusing on building a strong immune system to keep us healthy and any kind of detox when the toxins are going out of the body The digestive fire is naturally compromised So we don't want to compromise our digestive Agni during this time So please don't do any kind of spring detox this year. You can always do it next time or end of the year Now we come to the Ayurveda spices Spices are really really important in Ayurveda because they not only enhance the flavor, I just told you, taste is very important. That is one of the first step after we look at the food. It has to taste good for the digestive system to kick start. So to make it tasty, the spices play a crucial role and once the food is tasty, the enzymes are secreted well and the digestive fire is optimum to digest the food. So the basic ones that you can use is cumin, coriander seeds, and mustard seeds. Mustard seeds are really good. Mustard seeds are very energetically heating, but they help to get rid of mucus. So I include mustard seeds in my daily cooking. So you can use cumin powder, mustard seeds powder, coriander seed powder mix and use it in any of your savory dishes or you can use them as their whole. You just have to saute them in a base of oil. Black pepper is also good. Another herb spice I like to recommend is SFurdita. It is also called as hing. And that also helps to keep our vata and kapha in balance. And... Um, Especially in India, certain sections of people don't eat onion and garlic because they are tamasic by nature. So they include a in their cooking because that, that gives that, uh, you can call a has that umami flavor, you know, and you, you, even if you don't put onion and garlic, it still makes the dish tasty. So this bunch of benefits on hing. In fact, I did a podcast on hing as a food Uh, If you want, you can uh, listen to it. It is on my podcast, Dosha Karma Dharma. I think there is a slide at the end. I can let you know on that. And turmeric, as all of us know, is amazing, antibacterial, antiviral, and has tons and tons of benefits. One thing I would say is when you cook any savory dish, Put turmeric at the end after you switch off the gas, switch off the heat. Don't really cook the turmeric. Uh, If you really want to um, maximize the benefit of turmeric, always add it at the end. I add it after switching off the gas and mix it in my curry dishes or any savory dishes. And also turmeric is bioavailable only when it is mixed with some sort of fat and some sort of heat like black pepper and olive oil, put turmeric, you will immediately absorb all the benefits of turmeric because turmeric is fat soluble. And that's the reason Ayurveda says that's the best way to absorb turmeric in the body. So try to use it after switching off the gas. And using raw turmeric is not that beneficial except mixed with Ayurvedic herbs. It can work mixing it with honey and herbs. It, it does help, but 100% absorption happens when you mix it with fat and some sort of heat like black pepper. And I have been using a lot of garlic and ginger in my diet. Classical Ayurveda people really don't use garlic. As you know, it is tamasic and also quite rajasic, but garlic has five of the six tastes that I just told you except salt All the other five tastes are quite dominant in garlic sour salty bitter pungent, so it is very beneficial to keep our immune system healthy, so I include it and Ginger as you all know is very healthy making ginger tea is good but I use ginger and garlic in my cooking as well but I recommend fresh not like powdered or uh, dehydrated spices fresh is the best and here I have garlic pickle I just recently made I generally don't make garlic pickle I make pickles out of lime uh, because I'm a pitha dominant person and garlic is quite heating but to keep myself healthy uh, during this time, I have made garlic pickle and this is really, really yum. I've made it using all the coriander, cumin. Um, I've put asafoetida in it. I've put trikatu in it. I've put Ayurveda herbs, hingashtaka in it. So this also helps to keep your respiration healthy. And when you eat this garlic, you will immediately uh, secrete a lot of saliva, and that's a good thing because that helps for digestion. But pickles should be eaten very less, um, it is like a condiment, don't make it a main dish. Now, coming to veggies, I have been including kaffa pacifying veggies because these are the cruciferous veggies that. Uh, Remove excess mucus from the body and being astringent in taste, they help to shed excess weight as well. So all the cruciferous veggie families, Brussels sprout, cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli are all good during this time. But I would emphasize, eat them cooked and not raw, please. Please add them cooked. Don't eat raw because that will imbalance vata big time. And asparagus is also very good. Uh, use them in any savory dishes, use them in any soups and French beans, the long beans, those are my favorite. All these high nutritious veggies keep the mucus in control and also builds our immune system. So eating these kind of veggies and then you also feel um, full and satiated because uh, you don't feel hungry that much. Cruciferous veggies are also high in fiber and high in nutrition, so that keeps you um, full for pretty long time. You don't have to snack often and uh, it's also good for excretion. Uh, So overall, uh, cruciferous veggies are good to incorporate during this time. This is Brussels sprouts curry. I just made last week. I just clicked a photo. Uh, It's really yum. I just use cumin, coriander spices, and a little bit of chili powder. Uh, Add some lime juice and then saute it well. And it tastes really yum. And there is no lot of, when you cook Brussels sprout, you don't taste that much bitter. And it's quite doable. There's another vegetable called bitter gourd called as karela in Indian language. And that is super bitter. No matter how much you cook, no matter how much you um, try to remove the bitterness, it is super, super bitter. But Brussels sprouts is quite forgiving. I also include a lot of greens. I bring uh, cilantro, mint, dandelion greens, kale, Then amaranth leaves are really good, but you don't get them in like Whole Foods or Sprouts. I get them in Indian grocery stores. And amaranth greens are really, really good as they're high in iron protein. Uh, So I use a lot of greens during this time and make, just saute them like spinach, saute them in some little bit of olive oil or mustard oil and add a little bit of garlic. Uh, Crush the garlic and add, and it tastes so yum. I also include a small glass of green juice every day, and I emphasize small glass like 4 ounces or 6 ounces, not even 8 ounces. Because if we drink a lot of green juice, since it is dry and um, kind of airy, it does imbalance vata. So we have to make sure the vata is also balanced during kafa season. So I do include green juice, but it should be in small quantity and best time to have it is before lunch, uh, like 30 to 40 minutes before lunch, have a glass of juice. I would not recommend having it in the evening because as the day goes um, later in the day, the digestive enzymes are low and anything when you eat raw, you need strong digestive enzymes to digest it. So have green juice, but have it in small quantities and preferably before lunch. Now coming to beans and legumes. Uh, these are the beans and legumes I have stocked up. This is also good for planning since all the grocery stores are wiped out with everything now. Um, so stock up on your mung beans. and uh, This is called as brown chana. It is like brown chickpeas and mung dal. Very, very good beans for balancing kaffa, removing mucus and helping to keep a strong immune system. Again, I boil them in pressure cooker. I soak them overnight and boil them in pressure cooker and use them in any savory dishes. But these are really the best beans to have for the kaffa season. And you can buy them on Amazon or you can go to an Asian grocery store. And I would strongly recommend buying organic so there's no chemical and pesticides in it. And they don't spoil. You can stock beans and legumes for even a whole year if you want to in your pantry. And I also use quinoa in moderation during this time. Uh, Amaranth is what I really, really like. So I cook it just like I cook quinoa, but I think amaranth is far better than quinoa. Uh, quinoa, if I eat too much, I have seen, I do, um, I do see some mucus buildup with quinoa, but I don't see it with amaranth. Then I also include different kinds of millet, especially in India, you get so many different kinds of millet. So I had been to India last June and I got some millets from there. And these are really ancient uh, heirloom millets So they have not been genetically modified and things like that. And I use kidney beans, all organic. And millets are gluten-free as well. So they really help. Uh, Gluten-free dough doesn't create any mucus. So going gluten-free during this time is also beneficial, provided your body constitution agrees with it. Like if you're vata-dominant and you eat only gluten-free produce, you will be way off in your vata. So gluten creates more airiness, more dryness in your body when vata is dry and airy by nature. So except for vata, pitta and kapha do very well with gluten-free. So when we mix beans and legumes in our diet, one fat I always recommend is ghee, which is also called as clarified butter. And I like to make it at home. It's When you make ghee at home, you'll never buy it in the store. And the brand I have been using for many years is the Organic Valley unsalted butter. The reason I use Organic Valley is if you want to make authentic Ayurveda ghee, it has to be made with cultured unsalted butter. And as far as I know, the organic cultured butter in the U.S., only Organic Valley sells it. So that's the reason I use it and I pay full price. Again, this is not marketing or referring any product. This is what I honestly use and uh, and I pay for all the products. So ghee is very beneficial when you use beans, legumes, especially for vata-dominant people. Uh, if you have gas bloating when you are eating beans, um, make sure you um, cook it in ghee and also add asphodita to it. So you will notice there is less bloating, or no bloating, or um, any gas issues if you use as or ghee. So try it, and most of my clients have benefited from it. And for grains, again, I use quinoa. I mean, it's really not a grain, it's a pseudo-grain. But I use quick oats, amaranth. I, for breakfast, I do make some quick oat savory pancakes and um, have them instead of having bread. Amaranth is also very good in making breads. An organic sushi is semolina, but it's a very fine um, grained semolina where you can make like a cream of wheat is what it is. You can make cream of wheat porridge. So these are good for breakfast items like making pancakes or porridge. Again, good for kapha. And for flowers, I use pelt flour. I really don't use any wheat flour at home after I got healed from hypothyroidism. I had been completely gluten-free and vegan uh, during my hypothyroidism phase. But now I've brought gluten back and I'm also not 100% vegan. But I haven't... I do eat wheat once in a while, but I generally eat spelt flour, the organic sprouted spelt flour. So these are the brands I personally use. That's why I just clicked a photo keeping them on my countertop. And uh, jawar flour is sorghum flour with that the blue clip. That is also very good. I mix it with my spelt flour and make homemade breads. These all are high fiber, high nutrition grains, but they don't Uh, create excess mucus. Wheat is a mucus creating flour so in a way it is good to limit or avoid wheat for at least few months during this time. Spelt is okay because it's like an ancient grain and I don't build mucus with spelt but I do if I eat wheat every day and I also do multi-grain atta like I put different grains and Uh, Mix it with spelt flour. It's like quinoa, amaranth. You can put uh, spelt in it. You can put amaranth grain, quinoa grain, uh, sorghum sorghum, uh, flour. So I mix and match and make my own breads. Another thing I also like is ragi. Ragi is also millet, but it's finger millet. It's energetically cooling, but very, very high in iron and protein. So I also make breads with that. If there's too much garlic, too much ginger, too much heating spices going into my body, then I also do breads with finger millet that cools my pitta. So here is some photo that I had done randomly, maybe... This came from my Facebook page so it's been a few months old. So you can make like parata or a flat bread with these grains so be very creative and it also stocks well in your pantry. So buy flour so that you can make your own bread because yesterday my husband was saying when the bread is gone out of uh, <laughs> are all sold out in, in grocery stores there's nothing remaining on the shelves anymore with all the panic and anxiety. So when we buy flowers, we can make our own bread. And it's so healthy and so fresh and full of prana. So they stock well in pantries. So stock them up anyways, not just during this time of coronavirus care, but any time of the year, they stock well. This is a gluten-free bread. Again, I love making. This is made with quinoa and mung beans. And I just... um, grind the quinoa. I soak the quinoa in mung beans for at least four to six hours, and then I grind it in my Vitamix and make like a pancake batter. You can make it savory, throwing in cumin, coriander. You can add some onions, put some garlic and ginger. So you use your creativity and make a savory bread and eat. And savory breads are good for digestion during this time than sweet breads. As I said, the sweet taste is heavy to digest and also sweet builds more mucus. So when you eat savory, you're thinning out the mucus and expelling it out. So quinoa and monk bread is also something amazing you can make. They take like 15 to 20 minutes to make fairly easy, as long as you have a skillet and a good blender at home. Planning. (sighs) This is another thing um, classical Ayurveda says is don't be a fanatic. Be flexible to the changing times. My freezer used to remain empty all year round. The only thing you'll find in my freezer is waffles and frozen peas. My husband loves to eat waffles and I stock up with organic peas. But this time I have stocked up with other foods like burgers, burgers. and um, pita breads, frozen veggies, just in case we need it. So this planning is also important. I mean, you don't have to be an Ayurvedic fanatic and say, I won't eat frozen foods. You have to change with the changing times. So this is a good safety net because already all the grocery stores, there is nothing remaining on the shelf. It feels scary if you read the, hear the news, but it's good to plan. And use our common sense. So I have stocked few things in my freezer. So in summary for the diet avoid and limit on nuts. So anything high fat will increase kapha. So I generally don't eat a whole lot of nuts during spring season anyway because they do build a lot of mucus. And in fruit wise I avoid bananas or any heavy Uh, Fruits, but you could include organic strawberries, blueberries, oranges are good. Uh, You can have them in juices as well, but not frozen fruits, but fresh as much. Avoid or limit on dairy and fat. Again, they are big mucus builders, but ghee is good. And for fat, I would say olive oil is okay. But if you really have excess mucus buildup, you can use sesame oil or mustard oil. I would recommend cold press organic, unrefined for cooking and include lots of astringent-tasting beans and legumes that we just saw in the slides. They fill us up. They have good protein sources and they keep us healthy and fit. You don't feel the lethargy and the heaviness that we feel in the spring season if we include a lot of beans and legumes. And if you have any gas or constipation problem, try to use that as a furdita and cook the beans with ghee and see there, you might see the difference. And limit on breads, as I said, especially store-bought breads. You can make your own bread, the savory breads I was talking about. They taste really yum. And once you start eating those, your taste buds get refined and you would not want to touch those store-bought breads. Because once the taste buds are refined, they will force you to eat high prana, home-cooked, fresh meals. So refining the taste buds is all uh, what is Ayurveda about, honestly. Now we come to the breathing techniques that I wanted to talk about. Um, Pranayama, it's the regulation of life energy. Uh, One of the biggest pranayama my guru has taught, Paramahansa Yogananda, is Kriya Yoga and I do practice that every day. But there are certain pranayama breathing techniques to help us keep a healthy respiratory system and uh, not have any cough and mucus. Kapalbhati is one of it. So if you Google Kapalbhati, you will again get tons of benefits. And you will also know how to practice it. But it is uh, throwing out the breath, exasperated excelling. It sounds something like something this way. So it is quite rigorous and it is heating. Um, so Pitta dominant people have to practice caution here. But very, very helpful to keep a strong respiration. Um, system and to keep the lungs strong and healthy. Anulom vilom is that alternate nostril breathing. It's quite popular these days. You inhale through the left nostril, you exhale through the right, then you inhale through the right nostril and you exhale through the, life, the left. So this is one uh, full round of Anulom vilom. So Practice them like 10 or 15 times. Same is true with Kapal bhati You do it like 10 to 15 mi- minutes. But do these all pranayama techniques. is very beneficial to do early morning after your yoga on an empty stomach. But don't do these rigorous pranayams before you go to bed because you won't be able to sleep. Anulom vilom is okay because it kind of balances the left and the right hemisphere of the brain. But kapal bhati for sure should be done in the morning. And if you have a lot of heat, like sometimes I do get, if I've eaten a lot of spicy food or um, energetically heating food, then my pitta gets uh, aggravated. At that time, I do chandra nadi pranayam, that is written on the right, the left nostril breathing. In yoga, we have the ida nadi and the pingla nadi. So the pingla is the solar energy that's heating and ida is the lunar, which is cooling. So when you have any pitta imbalance, this pranayama is very good. What you do is you close your um, right nostril and you just breathe through the left and exhale through the left. Breathe through the left, exhale through the left. And you do that like for like three or five minutes and then start to breathe normally. The same goes to when you, are, um, you need more heat in the body and you are very uh, cold. Or you're coming up with a cold and your body is shivering and you know you're going to catch a flu or a cold, you can do Surya Nadi that is the right nostril breathing, because that activates the solar energy and brings more heat to the body. And that is done by closing the left nostril and inhaling to the right and exhaling through the right. right. Inhaling through the right, exhaling through the right and do it for like five minutes and then come back to normal breathing. Bastrika is also another very powerful pranayam to keep our lungs healthy and strong. So Google Bastrika, you will see how to do it. It's fairly easy to do. Um, so all these pranayams will help to keep our respiratory health system healthy, so that we breathe clean and there is a clean passage, no obstruction and no mucus buildup. So I hope these help. And then quickly some yoga asanas also help for balancing or kapha dosha. Tadasana, the simple one, all asanas start with Tadasana, the standing pose or the mountain pose um, that gives a good posture. It gives us grounding by balancing the weight on both our legs equally. So Tadasana is very good. Surya Namaskar is amazing to keep us healthy during this time because you're activating the solar energy. But please make sure you don't do the Surya Namaskar after sunset because then it really uh, messes up your nervous system and you get all excited and you won't be able to sleep. So Surya Namaskar should be done. As it said, Surya is sun. At the rise of sun is the best time to do it. And doing it a little rigorously also helps during the Kapha spring season. So Surya Namaskar alone, if you were to ask me what yoga asana to do one, if you ask, I would say Surya Namaskar because it comprises so many asanas and it is a very complete process to keep us healthy. But do them a little rigorously, maybe 10 or 8 to 10 rounds is good. Then Utkatasana, this is the chair pose, and that also helps to balance kapha And it might be not um, easy for everyone to do it. As much as you can, you do it, but chair pose also helps, um, especially for our digestion and for our upper respiratory organs. Uttasana is the forward bending. Forward bending also helps the nervous system to be calm and peaceful, especially when we get anxious, restless and nervous with all that is happening in the world, Uttahasana can keep us balanced and grounded Veerbhadrasana, as the word says, Veera is fearless, courageous, so Veerbhadrasana brings courage in our life, it makes us a fearless spiritual warrior so Veerbhadrasana is also good to practice and then plank pose, as everyone knows, it's good. So these are some asanas you can practice every day. But I would say if, of all, if you were to do only one, do Surya Namaskar and it encompasses everything. So to summarize, there's a lot of information given here. So let's summarize what all did we talk about. First is the, you can also call it as a circadian rhythm, it's the Ayurvedic clock. Getting up during the Vata time, having the breakfast at Kapha time and having the biggest meal of the day during Pitta time between 12 and 2. Vata time is again in the afternoon. So 2 to 4, 2 to 6 is Vata, 6 to 10 is Kapha and 10 to 2 is Pitta. That goes in the morning and the same thing comes at night too. Make sure we sleep before 10 p.m. so that we don't interfere during the digestion at night. So following that routine itself keeps us healthy. Then the healing mantra, the Maham mantra is one of the most popular mantra for healing. It removes all the nervousness. It really helps in healing. It's not just for you, anyone in your family member. You can recite that mantra for someone else as well. So it's a very powerful mantra to recite every day, especially during this time. And when we take Ayurveda herbs, take them with reverence and respect, believe in their healing power, be in tune with them, and be very grateful for receiving these herbs because um, they are like food. They, if you take them in the right dosage, not overdose it, not underdose it, but if you take it in the right dose, they act like food. And um, so many people, like you might know, may be taking for the same disease or a disorder, so many strong medication with side effects. But if Ayurveda herbs have been handed to you, you are just lucky and blessed to have them. So be very grateful for using the Ayurveda herbs. They have powerful healing powers. And as we talked about the six tastes, make sure you include these six tastes in your meal, especially your lunch and dinner. And during this time, uh, pay attention to eat more of the pungent, astringent, and bitter taste. The pungent comes with garlic, ginger, astringent are all the beans, legumes, um, asparagus, celery, and, and the bitter is all the greens. Uh, making a green juice or sorted green veggies are good to make sure that we eat more of the pungent, astringent, and bitter during this time. And don't forget to do the pranayama and yoga. Uh, Trying to connect to our higher self with prayer and meditation really, really helps. A healthy mind translates to a healthy body. It's not the other way around. So yoga, meditation, prayer, pranayama should be done every day to keep us healthy. So before I end, I wanted to share this is my website, jivalifestyle.com. If you have any questions on this presentation or on uh, balancing kafa during this uh, challenging time, please email me at lifestyle at gmail.com and I'll see how I can help you. But I would encourage you to go to my website and check it out. There's a lot of information on Ayurveda and yoga. Um, I do believe it's that uh, I have know your dosha, do your karma and live your dharma. So check it out uh, and you'll learn quite a bit about Ayurveda if you're fairly new to it. And I also... Have uh, webinars. I do um, consultations. Have clients all over the, over the world, and I do consultations on Zoom. So check it out if you need to know more about Ayurveda. And I also have my own podcast called Dosha Karma Dharma Podcast. And with all this crazy stuff happening outside. Um, I just, this thought came to me in my meditation two days back, is social distancing to self-communing. So I will have this uh, new episode on my podcast, and I would encourage you all to listen to it and give me your feedback. So the name of the podcast is Dosha Karma Dharma Podcast. You can listen to it on iTunes, and I think on SoundCloud as well. It's on Google also. And quickly, if you are interested more in Ayurveda and want to follow it, here are some of my online workshops coming up. Most of my stuff is done online. I don't do anything face-to-face except when I go for, um, like I was going to the Sedona Yoga Festival where I was giving this topic, the fire of life, fix your digestion, fix your life. This, This workshop got sold out in one day. Uh, But unfortunately, with this coronavirus, the yoga festival is postponed. So I'm planning on giving this workshop online for anyone interested. So please check it out because end of the day, it's not what we eat or what we cook. It is what we digest. You are what you digest. So if you're interested, you can come to this workshop to know all about Ayurveda digestion and this was another workshop I was doing at Sedona Yoga Festival that I'm giving online now as Ayurveda Psychology for Beautifully Messed Up Women. And Vedanta tells, defines women as the architect of society and uh, keeping our monomai kosha healthy, the mental body, the emotional body healthy, really helps to have healthy relationships, um, have a good, successful life, in every aspect, we need a healthy manomai kosha. So this is again from the teachings of Bhagavad Gita and Vedanta. If you're interested in it, um, send me an email and I will let you know on these workshops. And if you have questions, please email me at lifestyle at gmail.com. I would be happy to answer them. And uh, I hope this was helpful for you and you will incorporate some of the things I have shared on Ayurvedic Lifestyle. So it's been a pleasure sharing this information with you all. Thank you for your time. And Namaste. This has become a global uh, way of greeting with no handshakes, no hugs anymore. Namaste has been a global form of greeting now and Namaste is the soul in me bows to the soul in you. So thank you so much and let's be positive, let's be healthy and uh, thank you again. Bye for now tejasvinavaditamastu ma vidvishwa om shanti shanti shanti